Hey there, welcome to the Breaking Art Podcast, where we discuss the intersection of creativity and commerce. Making art versus making money. I'm your host, Jason Naylor, and this is episode two. Imagine finishing your studies and not really knowing what to do. Imagine picking up a spray can and you find yourself tagging, doing some street art, a little bit of graffiti on some walls and buildings that perhaps you don't really have access to. And imagine, 14, 15 years later, that spray can is still your tool of choice. And you've built a brand, a business, a whole livelihood around the use of that spray can. Well, today's guest has done exactly that. Today's guest is Phlox, also known as Hayley King. I was fortunate enough to meet Hayley at a conference earlier this year. I was invited to speak at a conference, and I must give a big shout out to Brad Boniface, who put my name forward for this conference. This conference was a creativity conference aimed at secondary school students. There were a couple of other speakers at this conference that I met for the first time, and in talking to them and seeing their presentation, I knew immediately that this podcast idea that I had, had legs. I knew that these were going to be a couple of my first guests for this podcast. I remember saying goodbye to them after the conference, and they said, I hope we'll see you again soon. And I said to them, I have a feeling we will. I'll be in touch. Well, when I finally got the combi up and running and hit the road, I knew that the first couple of artists that I was going to contact were going to be these that I met at this conference. And of course, Hayley was thrilled to be a part of this project. So here we are. Episode 2, but officially my first guest, Hayley King, Flocks. All right, so good morning. Good, good morning. morning. And welcome to the Breaking Up Podcast. It, this is awesome. I feel very privileged. <laughs> Thank you. This is actually, you're the first interviewee in the combi here today, so oh, I'm quite excited about this. Very, very exciting. So we have in the combi here today, we have Flocks, also known as Hayley. What do you prefer? Do you prefer Hayley or Flocks? You know, it's it's quite, that's a funny, funny question, but I think I'm leaning towards Flocks these days and more and more people, even my, you know, personal friends and whatnot are starting to call me Flocks. Right. Yeah. That's um, I did have a conversation with my mum. I said, what do you think about me changing my name by Deadpool? She wasn't really into it. So no, I've right. Held Your family back. wouldn't be. Your mum wouldn't be. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's amazing. That means that the brand that you've built is growing really, really strongly with you, isn't it? I think so. It's... um. It's it's a thing where I am my business and I am my brand, so it's um, difficult to separate. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. So can we go back a little bit before we start talking about branding? Let's just go back a little bit to and learn a little bit about your history. So what you do effectively now is you're a stencil artist and spray painter. Is that what you call yourself? Yeah, I guess so. Um, I was having this conversation with someone the other day. They said, you know, are, are you a street artist? Yeah. And it's, it sort of makes me cringe a little, um, because, um, you know, that, that question is so loaded. And, you know, has that person got an hour? Have they got time to sit down while I explain to them exactly what I do? Sure. But first and foremost, my medium is stencil spray paint. Yes. Yep. Um, I do work outside a lot. So there is that sort of street art kind of crossover, I guess. But at the end of the day, I'm an artist and um, I prefer not to be pigeonholed too much. I think a lot of artists are like that, um, simply because i do so much and and yeah. and my um practice is so varied um that you know I don't want to be pigeonholed I don't want people to think that I d- I'm sort of just one-sided so so really it's just flocks the artist correct or maybe flocks the painter or something I'm happy with that yeah I'm happy with that yeah fantastic yeah the, the street outside though clearly clearly you are either influenced or you did start with some sort of street art is that right yeah I did I at, at the time that um flocks was being born I call it back in 2004 Four, um, I did start, I picked up a spray can for the first time and I was started doing a little bit of stuff on the street with my partner at the time. So yes, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of the, um, practice back then did revolve around working outside publicly, um, you know, painting walls that I didn't necessarily get permission to do. Um, (laughs) you know, it, it wasn't private property or anything, but, um, you know, that, that, I guess that is where I came from. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. And there, there is, it has actually been some formal training here, right? You do have a degree. 
Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, I do have a degree. I have a uh, Bachelor of Design majoring design. in painting. painting. Um, you know, and oh. I graduated in 2003. And it was, you know, um, not long after that that I, I mentioned I picked up a spray can for the first time. So, you know, you, you do a lot of learning in that tertiary kind of, um, you know, that whole structure. But I fully believe that most of my skills I've self-taught. Sure, understand. And, you know, I think that as an artist, it is, you know, it is a pretty solo road and you've got to put yourself out there and you've got to, you know, take on new skills and practices and make lots of mistakes and, um, you know, be open to co collaborations and, and that sort of thing in order for you to grow. Fantastic. And I'm super keen to talk about collaborations here, but I just want to go back to the spray painting thing. So yes. you, you started 13, 14 years ago with a spray can essentially and yes. here you are now still using spray cans I so know. Did, did, did you pick it up and you loved it and you just took to it and you just knew this was your thing yeah spot an opportunity? it's it's so bizarre to, to think back I mean gosh when was that first time that I actually picked up a can I think I I knew whereabouts I was in my life I'd just finished uni and I I did have a painting studio I you know that was right. one of the first and foremost things as soon as I left uni I was like right I need to find a space to maintain momentum yeah and paint I see exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. so um yeah it's it's a it's a crazy thing to think of how far I've come it's uh certainly been a long journey um but yeah spray paint I guess it you know it, it's very versatile you can paint inside you can paint outside you can layer up you can work fast and I think it works for me because of that last reason like I'm a fast worker right. I don't like to muck around and I like to bang it out in a good way <laughs> um I just like to get the job done yeah. so um I and don't quick for you for that. it's yeah, super right. quick yeah. it's it's a really um durable fast dry you know medium yeah uh, we we actually spoke together at a conference um, for secondary school students recently, and you did a little workshop where you had people cutting out using scalpels and cutting out shapes, designs. Did you take them as far as actually spray painting anything? During that workshop, no, no we but. didn't because that was super quick fire half hour session. Yeah. So there's not a lot you can do. However, I do take workshops. Yeah. Um, I started out doing collab workshops with Michael Tuffery and we, we still do them. They're two day workshops, mainly for adults, but we get a few kind of younger people come on. Um, in fact, a lot of them are teachers, so they're yeah, upskilling right. to pass on the knowledge to their students. And then from those um, two-day workshops, I've adapted them to fit um, secondary school students and primary school students even. So I go into schools and do sort of one-day workshops with the students. So that's heaps of fun. Yeah, right. Yeah, mm. I'm probably getting a bit ahead of myself here with this. I was just curious. I was thinking, you know what, I've never really used a spray can for anything other than just painting something black right so i'm curious as to how you use it so artistically i think maybe i need to go on one of these workshops all that's, right that's so, what they're for yeah exactly <laughs> exactly so let's um let's just go back just a little bit and then talk when i when i was reading over your bio and i've actually seen you speak before you talked about wanting art to be more accessible so you want to make art for the people and one of your original things was t-shirts or clothing is that correct yes that's right so um you know after uni um, I sort of came out of there with the thought of, you know, I, what do I do now? Like we all kind of think. And I knew I wanted to be creative, but I wasn't sure how to do that um, in order to sort of make a career for myself. Yeah, right, because just running around spray painting on buildings. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you've got to kind of be a little bit more strategic about it. Yep. So I enrolled into a business course. Great. And um, it was there that I learnt, you know, I, I wrote a business plan. Because obviously your Bachelor of Design didn't give you any or enough business skills, no. so you realised you needed to add on to that No, no skills yeah, right. in that region. Right. Um, you know, um and my business plan idea was to start up a clothing line under the name Flocks. Right. So I could create T-shirts and, and hoodies and that sort of thing, just basic apparel items that um, had screen prints of my artwork on them. So the idea was kind of like, you know, someone can go and afford to buy a 40-buck T-shirt. Um, not everyone can afford to commission a, a much higher level of, you know, art. So um, therefore more audience 
um, Flock's name was getting out to the masses more. Um, basically, mm. it was like having a bunch of walking billboards. Yeah. Mm. And if we go back to that, to this time, which was probably 2004-ish. Correct, yeah. Were there many people, local New Zealand artists, producing clothing? Was that, was that quite a rare thing? Um, from an artistic point of view, I felt like it was a little bit more rare. I yep. mean, sure, there are lots of fashion designers. I think yep. there always has been. Okay. We're quite a creative little, you know, country down sure. here in that region. But um, the clothing was, because I didn't have any skills in making clothes, so um, my, I guess, point of difference was the artwork that was put onto the clothes. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, there was didn't seem to be too much of that around. Yeah, because mm. I'm, I'm thinking that some of the brands that we know now, uh, and Huff is one of the first ones that come to mind, they were created after this, weren't they? They were a little bit later than that, or around about the same time? I something? feel like they were around about the same time. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I'm not 100% sure when okay. they first okay. founded. Fantastic. And and so the, clo the clothing label uh, worked? Yeah, yeah. Well, gosh, it, it worked for about eight years until right. I got to a point where I was happy to let it go yeah. um, because the the idea was to replace some of those crucial price, price points yeah. with lower price price point artworks that being prints yeah sure so um you transitioned from clothing to prints on the wall and yeah. you didn't want to just keep the clothing going as a thing Too no much overhead, didn't no really like it all the money got sucked back in okay. you know um you know the rag trade's pretty pretty full on like that and i okay. got everything made in new zealand right um so yeah it's it's a big um a big amount of input in terms of, you know, money, money factor. I see. So a lot of the money would get sucked back in. And I kind of got a little bit sick of, you know, deal. I just, I just wanted out of that industry. I started um, expanding, you know, the, the clothing line and I sort of, I guess, dabbled a little bit more in the fashion side, if you like. So out of the apparel into fashion. That's sort of what I sure. called it. Um, so I wanted to just really focus on the art and, yeah. and the festivals and the projects and, and that sort of thing, which, by the way, I was doing on the side. Uh -huh. um, yeah, yeah, so the, the clothing was your main... Bread and maker. butter. Yeah, that and was the bread and butter. Stuff. Yeah. And you talk about the art that you were, you were producing art, you were selling that, you yes. were doing little festivals and things on the side. Correct. And as they started to grow to the point where they could take over the clothing, boom, you drop that. Yeah, absolutely. And you rock it with those. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. And so now you've got quite a range of prints yes. that you sell, don't you? Yes. On various different um, canvases, so to speak of. Well, mainly, so I call them my paperworks. Yeah. So um, you can have anything from screen prints to digital prints hand cut works and then hand painted stuff on paper so um it's kind of like you know i have the bigger artworks for sale which are the bigger kind of commissioned artworks and they're normally on wood um but then i have a range of paperworks that are perhaps more suitable to um a wider audience in terms of what people can afford um because like back in 2003, my philosophy still remains the same, and I would like, you know, I still like to make art for the people. Yeah, and, and you can still buy today uh, a piece of flocks art for 60 ish. Yeah, you can, yeah, exactly. So we can have some flocks art on our wall for $60. Exactly. Or we can commission you to custom yes, yes. create something for us. You can go either way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. I love that. Thanks. So there's two things I want to delve into a little bit more here. One of them is your working space and the way that you work. And I think I'm curious about that specifically related to prints and some of these smaller things you produce. And then I think what we'll do is we'll talk about collaboration and some of your bigger pieces mm -hmm. and more public pieces. So I, I just walked into your studio this morning and you were bent over a table with a scalpel in hand, hand cutting something, which is amazing, right? So, And you said something in, uh, to me months ago, which I found fascinating. You said you think you're probably more talented with a scalpel than, say, a pencil or a pen or a brush. More confident, more yes. More confident, yeah. That's your tool of choice, right? Yeah. That scalpel, that little knife. Yeah. The the way you found me this morning is pretty typical, uh -huh. bending over that desk with a scalpel in hand, for sure. So I pretty much draw with a scalpel. Yeah. Um, I... I'm I'm afraid of the pencil actually. Uh -huh. I'm I have to say wow. um I just feel so much more confident having a blade in hand. And just straight which is into it. a bit scary it. really. It's permanent. You just yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. one chance. And it. and that goes back to the um you know like I like to work fast. Sure. I, I don't want to muck around with drawing. Draw it and then cut it right. <laughs> yeah, Twice exactly. Yeah, get just get into the cut. <laughs> yeah. But you do it all or as much as you can by hand. 
everything by hand. Everything by hand. There's yes. no no laser cutting or no. anything because it's just scalpel on card. Yeah. Cut it. So that's another philosophy, I guess. The yeah. handmade, the you know attention to detail and and the I guess the avoidance of of the machine. Um, you know, we live in a very technological world, and um, I think um, with the artwork, people really appreciate when they see time and patience and attention to detail in, in that sort of way. So um, everything is cut by hand, um, unless I can't get my blade through it, and unless, like I've had some wooden things laser cut sure. before, um, but I'll let myself off for that one. Sure. And this is this is everything from the small artwork pieces to the big installation. So you were just telling me about a piece that yes. you're sending down to Christchurch mm-hmm. and you're going to head down and paint it yep. soon. Massive big, was it five metre by five metre um, letters? So, yep, I think I worked it out. So if, what's five times 12? Lots. 60? 60. Five times 12. So it's 60 metres, five sixes. So it's about 3,000 square metres. 3,300 maybe. Somewhere Three, about 300 there. Yeah, square metres. It's massive. Meters? Yeah. And it's, yeah, and 300. It's the, <laughs> yeah, side of a building in Christchurch. Yes, yes. And you cut all of these shapes. They're fundamentally their letters with, with yes. blocks design letters. Correct. By hand, yes, all by hand. Amazing. Um, and I actually timed myself this time because I was curious, um, and I think it actually took me longer to project the stencils um, up onto the sheets of card than it did to cut. Right. So it's right. interesting. You must be fast with scalpel. Well, amazing. you should have seen me yesterday. I had, I've had a knee brace on, a wrist brace. Of my fingers are all plastered up. So, yeah, I do have to be careful. I want to look after myself, obviously. Absolutely, yeah. You know, you... I, I've tried to insure my arm here in New Zealand and they won't They won't me. have any of that. <laughs> Damn right. it. Would you bring anyone else in to do some scalpeling for you? you... Yes, I have an assistant who hand cuts the recuts. Oh, I see. So you'll cut something, you'll paint over it so many times. Correct. So if a stencil starts falling apart, we'll spray it back down on fresh card. And then um, Kia, he's a young boy that has been working for me for a while. And he started in one of my workshops. Right. And I thought he was quite clever. So um, he's been working for me and he does all my recuts. So a very big help. Interesting thing here, you'll reuse stencils? Every stencil or a number of stencils? Some, Some stencils are so custom that no. Um, there for that particular of course, client, of course, that makes and sense. then I have my library, which, um, for example, the Christchurch job coming up, some of that's library and some of it's custom. Um, so the library I'll keep because I know that I can use it again; it, it will come in handy. Yeah, of course, and it Great. can be adapted, and Great. you know that Great. sort of thing. So yeah, there's a bit of both. Okay, and mm. so okay, so that's fantastic. So that's how you effectively produce this work: mm-hmm. scalpel, card, and then paint. Yes. Spray, spray through it. The, yes. the amount of colours that you're bringing into some of this artwork, uh, it amazes me. I don't know how you how you actually achieve this. I can I can sort of visualise it, but it's not just one colour no. through the stencil and walking away, right? You're no. layering and you're layering and you're and putting I, shapes on shapes. I think that's the beauty of working publicly and outside. I've yeah, always, let's talk about these public outside yeah, I things think, now. You know, I think what is so great about working like that is that people get to see something unfold imagine, and they get that. to be a yeah. part of the process. And I tell you what, people just love it. If you think about um, a gallery space, if you walk into a gallery, you have a room full of results. Sure. That's all you can see. And often there's a lot of sort of mystery, you know. Um, So I think with um, working outside, working publicly, and and for people um, being given that opportunity to see something unfold, priceless. They yeah. absolutely love it. They just feel so blown away. And people never really understand. I mean, you take it for granted when you do, when you've come up with this technique and, and you use it over and over again, you, you become so in sync with it. But you forget that. For everyone else. For everyone else. It's a mystery, right? Yeah, it's a total mystery. Yeah. So um, people really appreciate that sharing. That, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're not yeah. hiding that. You're quite open with, yeah. with how you work. And Very open. And that's what the workshops are about too. Yeah. I mean. Michael and I have always said um, the co-papa or the philosophy behind the workshops is we share. You know, a lot of artists are quite closed. They can be quite, oh, I'm not going to share this. I'm not going to teach. I'm not going to show you how this works or I'm not going to share where I get those materials from or whatever. Um, but for me, like, I didn't really have, like, I kind of feel like, I feel I feel lucky. I, I've worked very hard over the years, but yeah, there there is some luck involved, I think, and it's good to acknowledge that I didn't really have 
any particular role models. So I, I, I kind of felt like I was a little bit blindfolded, um, kind of feeling it out, um, you know, throughout the years. So I feel like it's kind of my responsibility to, you know, help people, help the younger ones coming through and, and share what I can. Yeah. In some ways, though, just going back to that, I think that's a great thing because it feels to me like you really have forged your own path. You haven't necessarily followed anyone else's path or anyone else's dreams or ideas. You've just stuck pretty true to yourself. I think so. Yeah, I like to think so. I, I certainly don't, I don't look back and think, oh, you know, if if there hadn't have been that one person that I kept my eyes on to keep me, you know, it was sort of like, it was very, you know, you didn't know what was going to be around the corner. I mean, there was times there where I thought, oh, you know, I've been very lucky that this has lasted five years. I wonder where I'll be in three more years kind of thing. Sure. Um, so, I mean, but that's that's what, you know, running a business is like, that's I right. guess. Yeah, you know. that is running a business that's been an artist. I think so, yep. but I think one of my best traits is um, my self-motivation and um, I guess the remaining motivated, that's a biggie, Um because, you know, if, if you don't get out of bed and you don't get the shit done, then no one else is going to do it for you. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And, and and being your own business obviously pushes you to, to achieve that even more. Yes. 14 years, 15 years, or 14 or so years. Jeez, that yeah. long now. <laughs> so it sounds like a while, right? But, <laughs> yeah. But still scalpel and spray paint. Any temptation to actually move into any other sort of mediums, or are you super happy with what you're doing here? I think that's the the core, like the crux medium, and I th I don't think that will change because yeah. that's what I've developed a, a personal style out of. Um, however, the collaborations allow for me to branch out um, with other people's skills coming on board. Perfect. Um, yep. So there you go. Good segue into collaborations. So yeah. tell me more about this. How do these come about? Are these things that you're seeking out or are people generally coming to you? Generally, they're coming to me now. Um, so the word collaboration, um, you know, I, I, I think collaboration as an artist is absolutely crucial. It will push you in new directions and you'll, make, you'll have to think outside of the box and you'll have to let your guard down and take on criticism all of that and that helps you grow right um, but I think um, there's many forms of collaboration there's um, collaboration where um, a, a brand may approach you and you align yourselves with that brand to to do something um, sort of from a PR point of view some sort of um, uh, something in you know that that will spark conversation amongst audiences and bring audiences together. Then there's the collaboration where you're collaborating with an artist or artist to create artworks. And um, the you know a really good example of that for me was when I very first collaborated with Michael Tuffery and we we created um, an exhibition together and we were literally we were like jamming. We were putting marks on the same piece of paper. We were creating artworks together. And that, I think, is the epitome of collaboration. It's when you're actually making artworks together. With another artist. Yes. Working on effectively the same thing yes. in your own way, your and own style. And making like a new style almost. Yeah, you know? you've spoken to Michael two or three times yes. now, so you're still working with him now, collaborating yes. where you can. I haven't seen him for a little while, but we've got our next workshop coming up, so I'm pretty excited about right. that. So. And what's his medium? What's his? He's woodblocker. Oh, woodblocker, that's so right. So what we discovered that. during that um, scenario of, of you know creating, creating this first exhibition was that um, woodblocking and stencil spray paint works really well together. Sure. What Similar, do you know? Enough, right? Yeah. And so it was from that experience that the workshops naturally were born. So we kind of like practice what you preach scenario. What we learned during those couple of weeks of making artworks for this exhibition, we thought, well, let's teach this. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So it just felt like a really beautiful, natural progression. Yeah. Mm. And it wasn't even necessarily you looking for other opportunities to, to let's say, make money. Mm -mm. It was just, as you say, we want to we want to share this with people. I want to share my journey. I want to share my skills. Yes. This collaboration that we've just done is amazing. It's taking things to another level. 
I want to get this out there some more. Yeah, well, I mean, for me, I was, I'm sure Michael was too. It, it's, it's motivating and we were amped, we were pumped, you know, because it was like, whoa, we've discovered this new thing and, um, you know, we're making the artworks together and, and, you know, you, you sort of amp each other up. Right. Um, and I think that's really important, um, from an artist's point of view, an artist in business is, is that you have your business and commercial side, but you also have your fine art side and the fine art or the passion side needs to be nurtured and you need to make sure you're, and like you said before, it's not about the money, that side needs to be nurtured in the way that you're, keep, you're keeping yourself um, moving, you're on your toes, you're developing, you're um, still passionate. You know, you're still excited to wake up and make art every day. Yeah, and so it would be kind of easy for you to potentially fall into a little bit of a cycle where you are just churning the same stuff out all the time and not necessarily growing or totally. developing. Totally. Yeah, and that's where totally. Michael and other collaborations is really helping you. Yes, Fantastic. absolutely. Great advice there. I love yeah, that. Thanks. That's really good. <laughs> and, then, and then obviously you've collaborated in a different sense, like you said, with, with councils or other businesses where they've said, hey, produce something with us or for us yes. on a big scale. Got some really cool examples of those? Well, um, I reckon the other type of collaboration is more kind of from a branding point of view. So, right. um, for example, I collabed with Allbirds last year. Yes, that's so right. that was a really neat collab. It kind of worked. And, you know, when I align myself from a branding point of view with another brand, obviously um, there's a thought process there. It's not just jump in, yep, put your hand up and say, yes, it's will that brand, um, you know, how will I benefit? How will they benefit? Will it be a good good alignment? So um, you don't just take everything. No, that comes your way. And no, say, yeah, let's do it. Absolutely you not. And um, another one that I've it. done lots of work for is Air New Zealand, and I just totally value their ethos and everything about yeah, that company. All, so yeah, I would absolutely. absolutely do anything for them. You know. Right. Um, so. Yeah, that that's kind of like the other side of collaboration, as far as I'm con yeah. concerned. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Those are, those are really really cool stories there. Awesome. How do you? Um, one of the things we talked about really really briefly in your studio there was about balance and separation because you talked about how you essentially live and work in the same space, even though they're separated by doors or floors. How's that working for you? Well, I'm about eight months overdue moving out of that space from right. a personal point of view. and um, It was working well for you for some oh, time? Look, I've been there for six years and I love that space and I don't want to lose it and I'm not. So um, funny you should ask me that because today is settlement day. We've just bought a house. Brilliant. So um, this weekend we are moving out. Settlement, get the keys today. <laughs> this weekend you're moving out of that yes. space there. Oh, look, it's a dream come true. We're all absolutely amped to you know get the kids out the kids are still sharing a room they we're living above my workspace so yeah. you You've know got two young boys is that right two boys so it's been a really big sacrifice for the family to be in that situation however lots of perks as well like we're right in the city and you yeah, know it's very convenient location. the daycare's just around the corner schools across the road yeah. you know that sort of thing um so you're moving out to the burbs or something like that or no actually we're moving across the road oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> not a very big it's not a very big move um um, so we're very fortunate to stay yeah. in this area, yeah. um, which is where we really want to be. So I'll be walking to work. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but but the main seconds. thing is, is that I will be going to work. Yes. And I mm. will be leaving work. Leaving work. Yes. Going home. And, yes. And, and the, the flight of stairs that you had before was potentially not quite enough. Yeah. And you're hoping the crossing the road will yeah. be. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, just shutting the door is yep. not enough sometimes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you sure, know, sure. so um, and and you, look, I have a fantastic team that work for me now. So, um, you know, I know that um, when I leave, you know, the place will still be ticking over. So yeah, it's fine. That's great. You've got confidence in them. Yes. Yeah, and, and I know what you mean actually, because I I've worked from home on and off for a number of years and. Even though I have my dedicated office space downstairs, I can still hear the kids running uh, around upstairs. Yes. Super distracting. Yeah. They'll come down and barge in through the door and your flow's <laughs> gone. Yes. You want to be a part of what's going on. Whereas by separating yourself, and I've started doing this for the last year or so, by just going somewhere else, you you do. Your brain just switches. Yes. And you're quite focused. Work mode, eh? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely. Think that's really important. And um, look, there's so many perks to living and working in one spot. And yeah. I, I won't, you know, I'm. Um, 
it's not like I don't appreciate that. It's just I'm ready to to make that move and to and to separate it out. Yes. Um, so but, the, so the time was right for that previously, and now I it's think time so. for you to, to yeah. move on and try something else. Absolutely, and I feel very blessed to have House of Flocks as a space and to continue having that space as, as a walk-in, you know, as a walk-in showroom for people. Yeah, mm. and it was a beautiful showroom. It is a beautiful showroom. Thank and you. the other thing that really impressed me was how clean it was, given, <laughs> given how much. Work I knew you were coming. Just given how much work you've been doing this last week, it's amazingly clean. Oh, you keep it on top of your space. You should have seen it three days ago. I, I suppose because it's a multifunctional space, it is, you know, um, we especially that front room, like the actual showroom, People we do have to, door, right? yeah, we get lots of door knockers and we're officially open Thursdays, Friday, Saturday. So today's Thursday. Right. So um, I know that it has to be somewhat... Um, you know, presentable. However, I think that's the beauty of that space. People love to come in and see, you know, process. That's right. It's my, been... also my working space. Yeah you, actually, so... yeah, you don't want that beautiful, pristine gallery. Not exactly. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, So there's always stuff going on. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, isn't yeah. that amazing, actually? As that, long as that... they can walk in and there's not, you know. Stuff on the floor. Yeah. You're not trotting over exactly. cardboard cutouts. <laughs> I, I did love the fact that in, literally right in the window of your front of your space there, you're doing your work. You're yeah, cutting there. Yeah, yeah. And you've got artwork on the wall. and Yes, kind of, that's yeah. right. Yeah, no, it's all, I mean, it's a maker space. Yes. There, there's the white walls that you have in a gallery, but, you know, it's not set up like a traditional gallery either. Yep. I mean, those walls are full. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I try yeah. and get as much up as I can yeah. so it's just like, you know, eye candy. Fantastic. I prefer yeah, it to yeah, be yeah, like fantastic. that. Fantastic. Yeah. So your designs, your your um aesthetic yes. is very clearly influenced by New Zealand Aotearoa. Aotearoa mm-hmm. birds. Yes. Plants, trees. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I think that comes from um one, I'm from the far north and I grew up in, you know, Beautiful part of the country. Beautiful eh? part of the country, yeah. beaches on either side, and, you know, we spent a lot of time outdoors as, you know, as kids growing up, lots of camping, that sort of thing. Um, and then um, when I was at um, art school, I um, a lot of my influences came from, say, the arts and crafts movement, um, Owen Jones, um, uh, the ornamentation, that sort of thing, which was very, like, it was fundamentally based on, um, you know, the decorative arts movement. Um, So, you know, there's nothing kind of, well, I was going to say there's nothing clean-lined kind of, you know, stripped back um, in in my style, although I'll move into the other style that I do now is that clean-cut kind of stencil look so I've got kind of two styles going at once I've got what I call my floxy style which is lots of pattern decoration exactly what what you see there exactly Um, lots of layers lots of um, uh, floral and nature motifs that are directly you know come from our beautiful Aotearoa Um, but then the other um, style that was born kind of naturally out of cutting stencils um, was um, is, is what I call my clean cut stencil style. Right. And um, what happened was the stencils themselves over time became the artworks. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes sense now, but I'm, I'm sure back in the day when no. you were cutting them, they were just a tool and That's right. Rubbish, well, right? so they were, they were a vehicle yep. to put paint through. That's what they were originally designed yep. for. And then I, I, and I don't know when this happened actually, um, I figured that, well, Wow, what if I what if I cut yeah, these really come... carefully into the beautiful archival w- paper? Was that just an idea that came into your mind? I or guess did someone so. ask you for No, one, no, it, have any idea where it I from? don't recall being asked. Like it was something that I thought, Oh, let's give this a go and it's just sort of grown from yeah. there. And yeah. so and so your stencils and what you effectively do is you, you purpose create or purpose cut stencils yes. as artwork to sell. Yes. You may never actually spray through them. No, anyway. never spray through no. them. So there's a different medium that I use. So yeah. the stencils um that I use to put paint through are either like a card or a heavy box card and then the stencils that are artworks themselves are um, the beautiful archival Fabriano paper. Oh, of course. Yeah, much more delicate looking and you get that gorgeous texture and the the lovely ruffled edges. Fantastic. Yeah. Great. So, yeah, if you take your artwork and and we're to split it, those were the two kind of things you, yeah. you're, you're effectively working I on think selling there. The other two kind of, I call them treatment styles. Treatment styles, yeah, yeah right, yeah. nice words. Yeah. Um, but they are still both heavily influenced by Aotearoa. They are. And is that, 
likely to change? Have you got any well things you're exploring, or is that yeah? Is that I mean, as it's the core, mm. um, but you know, in order for me to keep moving and keep keep myself on my toes, I will branch off and work on projects or like for example when I went up to Taiwan and did the artist residency that was the first time in my life that I'd been given a break from my business and I could you know I was there to make artwork so I was in a different location I was being influenced by a different culture so that enabled me to create a whole new body of work so it's those instances it's the it's the collaborations and it's the traveling that feeds my fine art kind of internal artist passion yeah right yeah yeah and those are really important to you and yeah. you're just lucky that you are lucky not lucky but you're fortunate yep. that your business that you've built still enables you to have those opportunities yes to then explore i think so i mean there's definitely two i mean i have to put one hat on and take the other off yep. um so yeah it's, it's it is important to try and maintain a balance i think that's always the hardest thing so at the moment i haven't after last year, I did lots of traveling. Like I went up to India, which yeah. was, you know, really um, influential to, to my work now. Th- that and was just a personal trip? That or? was a passion project with, with some other artists from here. Oh, yeah, right. it was great. So right. um, after last year, I just thought, you know what, I just want to stay in New Zealand. I don't want to go anywhere. I'm going to focus on building um, my product range. So um, that's what I've been doing. And now... I'm at the end of this year nearly, and I'm like, okay, where, where should I go? You're itching to yeah, go Yeah, I'm ready to go again. I yep. want to go and, you know, um, get myself inspired and, and sort of start moving down another track. I see. Fantastic. Yeah. So a year, a year It's of... sort of like a cyclic thing. Yeah. You know? Yep. it's And it, maybe it is about a year. I don't know. A oh, year, a year and right? a half. Who knows? Could yeah. be longer next time. But shorter, I sort but... of get to the end of that cycle, and I'm like, right, I want to stay put now. I'm, yeah. I'm going to focus on the business and maybe looking at um you know cuz the business has grown so it's grown so much since we instilled like we've got vend point of sale system now we've got a proper online store we've got um a team in Christchurch that do all my onlines and everything and they're they're doing all my pr everything so we've built that yeah. so i've spent the last year building that building and so business. now i'm ready to yeah. take that hat off and, yeah. and that's in a place where start you can, the cycle said, again you've got good people you can trust yes. and leave with it absolutely and you can say okay it's time for me now i have Isn't the, that amazing that i have the best team that? they're just so good that's cool. yeah finding good people is so hard i agree you've Obviously, oh, do I've quite well. Struck at it, gold. Yeah, I've struck gold. I love all my girls. They're so yeah. amazing. How, any any tips or tricks as to how you've done that? I reckon I was just lucky to get my first main full timer, Linda. She's my technician now. Um, she instigated a lot of the systems and sort of got the place running as it should. Wow. Um, and then it was through her that we went through a proper full-on kind of interview structure thing for the next person to come on. Right. And we got a goodie. Right, good yeah, on you. Yeah, we nabbed a yep. goodie. And then you also spoke about, and I can't remember his name, sorry, but the person who does some of your... Kia, yes, Kia. yes. It was just someone you identified in your Oh, my God, and, and he's become so crucial. Yep. You know, like nobody can cut like he can. Wow. You know, it's not something that people practice so if I was to if I did need to replace him which I'm sure at some point I will because he's young he's got his whole life ahead of him um it's going to be hard yeah no doubt about it yeah no doubt about it while you've got him yeah you're obviously really treasuring him yes I am yeah he's awesome yeah yeah yeah. that's fantastic thanks is there is there an industry that you're a part of Mm. Um, and I don't even know what the answer to that is, mm. but you know, is, is there is some really sort hard. of association? Is there some sort of body that you're a part of? Are there are there other artists out there that you kind of are hanging out with in some sort of way? Kind of, I think it's kind of project driven. Okay. Um, industry. Oh, it's a tough one. It's like we don't have any, um, like industry get-togethers in terms of artists and designers. Yep. Um, I mean, we have Best Design Awards and stuff like that, you know. Sure, I'm familiar with those. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do feel like I'm a little bit of a grey area. I mean, I don't yeah. work in, a, in an agency, yep. but I work with them sure. a lot, sure. you know. Yeah. Um, so 
and and I know my peers. Like, there's a lot of really successful artists out there at the moment, yep. doing their thing, collaborating, getting lots of work, um, keeping busy, that sort of thing. And they're all doing fabulously. And we all we all watch each other, and okay. we communicate through, okay. so you know, you Facebook, are, whatever. Yeah, chatting to them. Um, you're aware and, of what they're and, doing. And you know, mostly we're all very, very, um, you know, we we appreciate what all these artists, other artists are up to. And, you know, we're all about that success. Like I fully believe the more successful we can all become, you know, that's just going to lift our game. Absolutely. It's the old rising tide lifts. Oh, things, absolutely. Right? Yeah. And I'm absolutely. all over that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a photographer, I'm, I'm all about trying to make every other photographer around me better. Because yes. it actually, it makes us look better, but it also forces me to then totally take it up. It's a good, good competitive else. kind of, you know, thing. Yeah. If, if you, if your peers aren't, improving and developing and moving forward well why do you're, you need to? you're not going to yeah either. why do you need to right yeah, yeah that's yeah, right yeah. No so it's, it's got to be a good thing yeah right yeah. okay fantastic i might have to pick your brains about some of those artists that you truly love and mm -hmm. think are doing some good things as sure. well other than maybe the next year or so when you said that you are going to take some time out for yourself mm -hmm. sort of mm -hmm. are there any other big things on the horizon for flocks whether they be new projects, new products, new collabs, yes. sort of anything that you can talk about. I can't tell you though. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I've got um, a really exciting thing coming up in about three weeks. Yeah. So you'll have to watch this space. I can't say a thing. Like right. literally my lips are sealed. That's okay. But in three so, weeks we'll see something. Yes, Great. absolutely. Yep, definitely. And it is a really solid like launch date. So it's it's definite. Okay. Um, and I mean this time of the year is just mental anyway so i'm doing all sorts of pre-christmas yeah deadlines, that yeah sort of thing. yeah yep. i've got a few projects on the go um and then i've got um as i said before i'm down to christchurch to paint the big wall for yeah. um the council down there um but i've got to go to christchurch next week before that and i'll be painting an interior uh hair salon down right. there so i do a lot of that sort of yeah, stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i've seen I've, i actually have sat in one of your a cafe that you've, you've designed oh, cool. the wall for and yeah I've, I've seen some of your work in awesome. people's houses and kitchens which is great do you think that flocks in let's say i don't know if you look that far ahead i certainly don't but do you mm. think that flocks in five or ten years is going to look substantially could look substantially different to how it does now or do you actually hope and think that it will be fundamentally pretty so similar. scary eh? to, yeah isn't to it try and think that far ahead yeah. you don't have um, to answer that if you don't want no i i mean i never i'm one to never be complacent i think that's sort of my bottom line yeah, and, and i and i'm always clear, looking for looking for opportunities and and um you know i i, I want I still want growth. Like I want to keep growing. So um, exactly how I do that, I'm not sure. But I sort of I'm at that point now, another cycle, and um, I think we're 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 gonna start talking about what we foresee. Like I've we just had a meeting the other day with um, the Christchurch team came up, and we spent a couple of hours with them talking about um, what we could potentially be doing with them and you know so we formed a good solid plan about you know online strategies and stuff like that so that was really good but really we're only looking about a year ahead yeah right right yeah. i love that you use the term we as well because it's it is clearly about more than just you oh right? so Fox is not just Haley. i said to someone the other day if um because i have two um full-timers if they were to stand down for some weird reason or God forbid, you know, passed away or something. something horrible, um, yeah. I'd be screwed. Absolutely stuffed. I'd be so screwed. Yeah, they are vital to like to it's what you're doing. actually scary. To, yeah. So we've got this thing, this machine, to a point where, like, it's baby steps, but we're now at a point where, in order for it to maintain and to tick over, I need that manpower. Otherwise, I'm literally screwed. You cannot do that on your own, no, right? It's bigger than you. No, it's no, bigger than Haley. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 great. What a cool story, though. Thanks. Yeah, what a cool story. Mm. Okay, I, I'm, I'm going to wrap up this interview here, right, I think. Um, the combi is getting a little bit warmer than I thought it would do. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah, and we're probably, I know you've got to get some work done today. Um, I'm going to ask you just three random quick questions here, all right? Mm -hmm. And we'll see what you've got. So, I've got a bunch here. Today, I'm going to ask you this one. Um... Combi, you're on the Combi road trip, right? You're sitting here, you're driving from Auckland to Bluff. Yes. Right? Yes. Probably takes about three Bluff, or four days. down south, you down mean, south. or the Cape Bluff. No, 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 no Bluff. Bluff right, yeah, all that yeah, down yeah, south. Right, so it's right. like a three or four day journey. Woo, yeah. Who's your travel companion? Who's sitting beside you for that time? 
who would be sitting beside me? I think I would probably take, I'd love to take my kids. Do I have to choose? <laughs> Actually, there's two seatbelts, three seatbelts on the front there, there you so you go. can have the two of them. I love doing things with my kids, That's especially, you know, roadie, get your roadie on. Yeah. You know, I would um, I would love to take my children, but then I'd have to take my partner too. Okay. Well, so there's room in the back, take so one. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. the family, right? The family, because family time trip. is really important to me and, you know, um, quality time, you know. Um, I'm I'm a busy person, yeah. and um, oh, I even hate saying that because it sounds so s- s- ridiculous. But um, you know, I really appreciate you spending person, quality time with my kids. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know how it is. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And yeah. there is a big difference between some time when they're sort of running around your feet and you're trying to do something else. Yes, even just get ready in the morning, and then actually let's go doing do something. something. Yeah, it's a big difference, eh? Massive difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 good stuff. Like I feel like even this morning. I barely got to see Indy before he went to daycare because, you know, I'm making lunches and, you know, we're getting ready and, you know, so yeah. it's sort of just like the morning's over before yeah. you know it. Yeah, mornings are hard. And actually. then I won't see him until like 4.30. Yeah. 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 But you'll make sure that when you then see him at 4.30, then it's you'll give him as much as you can. Mostly. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Depending on, if, you know. How the day's gone. Today, yes. <laughs> yeah, not yesterday, maybe. <laughs> no. I see. I see. I see. Fantastic. All right. Have you, um, if you were going to write a book, what would this book be about? Have you ever written a book? No. No. Gosh. I'm not a great writer. Not a great writer? I would, um, well, I don't know. That's a tough one. Um, All right. I'd love to document my own journey. Oh, wow. The story of Yeah. I think, because my partner said that to me the other day, you know, we've got so much archived, because he's a filmmaker and a photographer and he's done lots of, you know, he said, you know, we've got so much stuff. Imagine if you did, like, some sort of... um, what do you call it when you look back? Yeah, a that, retrospective. A retrospective like kind yep. of, oh, this is sort of where I started and this is where I am now. Yeah. Um, Biography, autobiography, effectively yeah. that's what you're thinking. Sounds you, a little write. bit self-centered, doesn't it? <laughs> um, but I guess that's my life and that's what I know the most about. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a story you can tell. Yes, yeah, exactly. We've all got our story in us. Yeah. And even if it's just your own life, that story yeah. could be a great story. I yeah. think it would be a great story. All right, fantastic. Desert Island Disc. You're on Desert Island. Favourite album? Sorry, Desert Island. Uh, Desert Island Disc, sorry. So Desert you're ruined on the Desert Island. Oh, oh. Um, um, okay, album. so album of the week for me is Catronada. Right. I don't even know much about them. but I'm not familiar with Oh, you should look them up. It Catronada? Catronada. Catronada. And I think that's how you pronounce it. God, I hope it is. Um, when I first saw the word, I thought, how, what, what? But I, I actually heard it um, on the radio. I heard them pronounce it. So um, kind of hip-hoppy. Yes. Um, some really good funky beats. I'm liking this already. Yeah, yeah, yeah good. Great. Yeah, look it up. Yeah. And I think they've done a few collabs because one of the tracks, I'm pretty sure Snoop makes an appearance. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, collaboration of music is, is rife, but I think it's, it's a good fantastic thing. as well. They'll Definitely. probably tell the same sort of stories to you as to how important it is to them. I think so. And gosh, musicians just blow me away. Like, I have no idea how they make music. Like, it, it's such a talent, don't you think? Absolutely. But, I mean, everyone's got their artistic talent That's or right. their talent. That's right. And I guess people think that about me, too. How do you, you cut know? with a scalpel and spray yeah, something exactly. so exactly. But for me, it just yeah. feels like it's so natural. But yeah. I just always think, wow, imagine if you could make music. Yeah. Because I can't. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you tried picking up a guitar or plonking at a piano and it <laughs> comes out as not? My dad played plays guitar yeah. and I have picked the guitar up over, you know, very, very sporadically over yeah. the years. But nah. It's pretty average. I'm not good. I'm the same. I own multiple <laughs> guitars and a piano keyboard. And, wow. Uh, because I love the idea of yes. it, right? But I'm just not disciplined enough to practice it's, and I'm actually quite rubbish. I know it's not me. Yeah. I wish it right. was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you, you've got something that you do very, very well. Thank you. Very, very well. So thank we're going to wrap this up here. I'm going to say thank you, Hayley. You're very welcome. I really appreciate your time in here. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. I love this combi. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> Thanks heaps, eh? Thank you. Take care. Chat you soon. Too. All right, and welcome back. Hey, thanks so much for following along and listening to that interview. I really appreciate it. This is about the time when a lot of podcasts would throw in some message from a sponsor. I'm not really into that. I haven't sought sponsorship. I'm not really keen on having this podcast taken over by some brand or something that I don't really align with. So I haven't done any of that. The truth is, though, someone's got to pay for this. Someone's got to pay for my road trips. Someone's got to pay for this gear. And all of this has actually really been supported by my own wedding photography business. 
So here you go. Breaking Art, the podcast, is proudly brought to you by We Do Photography and Design. Creative, quirky, documentary wedding photography. Check us out, wedo.net.nz. All right, that felt a little bit icky, but it's done. So, back to the interview. Hayley King from Flocks, what do you reckon? I utterly love spending time with Hayley. She only gave me an hour and she let me look around her studio space a little bit, the House of Flocks. But I just really, really enjoyed spending time with her, getting to know her, getting to understand her process and what she's creating. If I'm honest, I feel like I didn't quite dig deep enough into the money side of things. I think I got a little bit caught up in her and her story and what was going on in her life. And I failed to really get into some of the details, some of the commercial side of things. But suffice to say, she's doing really bloody well. So that's kind of all we need to know about that at this stage. Hey, Hayley made a mention of something during the interview that was coming up that she couldn't tell us about. If you've been following her in the last couple of weeks, you would have seen what it's all about. She's just recently announced a collaboration with Blunt Umbrellas. You know, those funky umbrellas that actually work in Wellington Winds and don't end up in the rubbish bin. Well, rather than the usual yellows, blacks, reds and blues, you can now buy a Flocks designed umbrella. How cool is that? But not only that, 30 bucks from every sale goes to Oxfam. I think that's winning all around. You should go check it out. With every interview, I just want to wrap it up with two, three key takeaways that I thought were some of the big points from that interview, some things that really resonated with me as I was talking to my interviewees. Now, I appreciate that these big takeaways, they may be a little bit biased based on what I'm going through, what's happening in my life, what I'm looking for at that point in time. But here we go. Three key takeaways from Hayley King's interview. The first one was the work mode and the home mode. The fact she's identified that she really needs to get out of that space and she's moving. Now, it's only across the road, but there's going to be a huge, huge distinction between work and home now that she didn't really have for the last five or six years. And I'm a little biased, but this has become a really important thing for me over the last year or two, realising that actually I can't, with a young family, I can't work from home as well as I used to. So I've had to force myself to leave, to go somewhere else, to work sort of a general nine to five-ish, Monday to Friday-ish hours, somewhere else, in town, I commute. I get out of home and I actually spend that time dedicated to work and then when I come home I completely switch off and it's family time. So I'm, I'm with her on that. I think that's a really, really important distinction. I think the idea, I think we fall into a bubble of believing that we can live and work in the same space, in the same environment at the same time, but I'm not convinced that that really works. The second thing is collaboration. Now, I don't know how many times this is going to come up in future interviews, but as Haley said, it's crucial, absolutely crucial. She's doing some amazing collabs, both from a brand perspective and from a personal perspective. And I don't know if you could hear it in her voice, but I could see her face light up as I was talking to her about these collaborations. They're clearly a really, really important and influential part of what she's doing. We can all collaborate more. Who are you collaborating with? Who are you partnering up with? Who can you just go and do something cool with? Think about that. And thirdly, the public work, showing people the process. A lot of us hide that behind the scenes and are only prepared to present the finished product. Whereas Haley's brave enough to actually go out there and create her artwork in public. Not only that, selling her stencils. Much like showing people the process, she's selling some of these artifacts that were part of the process. They're now a product on her shelves. How crazy is that? There's an artifact of the creative process that people are actually interested in paying money for. She calls them a vehicle. What vehicles have you got that actually you could potentially sell? It's worth thinking about. So there you go. My three key takeaways from that interview that have hopefully inspired you or sparked you to take a little bit of action. Thanks again so much for listening along and I hope you tune in for the next one. See ya. See ya.